Israel is a land of diverse cultures, religions, foods, music and people. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he explores the devout and divine, the off the wall and outrageous and everything in between. Right here on 101.9 High FM. You're listening to 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman. This is the new Blue Review. Welcome to the program. Nice to be with you on this Monday morning. Nice and cool after a rather hot weekend. Uh, I hope that you are living La Vida lockdown load shedding uh, and uh, are making the most of this uh, rather uh, problematic load shedding experience. But uh, make sure that whatever you do, you have one of those inverters and that sort of thing. So if it does go down, then at least you can keep listening to the radio because we will be here uh, load shedding or not, uh, regardless of what happens. Uh, particularly because we're going to have an amazing show for today. That's what we've got lined up for you. Later on, we are going to be talking to Dear South Africa, Rob Hutchinson, uh, as we always do on the Monday morning. And he's talking to us about the vaccine rollout program. Pretty much uh, has been dominating news headlines uh, in the last sure, couple of weeks or so as the pandemic has really got, unfortunately, into its stride in its second week. And a lot of focus has been going, of course, onto the vaccine uh, side of things. Uh, Israel has already vaccinated 20% plus of its population. Uh, but here in South Africa, things have not been going as smoothly. And you will be having an opportunity to comment on uh, the vaccine rollout program. So uh, we're going to be talking to Rob Hutchinson from Dear South Africa about that and about uh, how how uh, our vaccine rollout is going to go from a legislative perspective. Also, in our Israel bite for today, we are going to be talking about Druze woman in tech. Now, if you don't know the Druze, a very interesting uh, sort of ethnic religious sect in Israel and uh, have an, an interesting history with the state of Israel and the Jewish people. And a new hub has been set up uh, in in the, the Jews areas in the Galilee and the Carmel outside of Haifa to help integrate very religious Druze women into Israel's tech miracle. So we're talking about the Lotus Hub uh, in our Israel bite for today. Uh, but just after the break, we are going to be speaking to Pumlani Mujosi. He is uh, our regular economic contributor and a fellow at Africa for Liberty. And he's going to be talking to us about the budget. That's right, budget time coming up again in a little over a month. Uh, and it's a big deal because uh, it's one thing to have a, a budget, but it is quite another when you don't have any money, which is exactly the position that we find ourselves in. So after the break, we are going to be talking to Pumilani Majosi and uh, finding out from him what... Uh, uh, what we can expect in the economics of the budget and in general for the year. We'll be back just after the break. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 Hi FM, I'm Benji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. Uh, and of course, it is a, a new year from a, a year perspective. Uh, but also, it is a uh, new financial year 
We're heading into the budget. Tito Mbaweni, in between cooking in his Mahubu's of home, has to prepare a budget. Uh, and it's getting tough uh, because, as everyone knows, and I think you would have learned in the last year or so, the less money you have, the, the tighter a budget process becomes. So, what we are going to be talking about today is the budget and some of the economic challenges and expectations that we should have uh, in 2021. And the person is going to be helping us doing that, Pumlani Majosi. He is our regular economic contributor here on the show and a senior fellow at African Liberty. Pumlani, welcome to the show. Good morning, Benji. How are you doing, sir? I am doing very well. You're just lucky that you caught me uh, on a non uh, a non load shedding hour. Yes, I mean, you are lucky. I mean, I'm lucky, that's true. Um, and I'm lucky too that I'm talking to you. There's no lot shedding right now. So, yeah, that's the state of South Africa. Just yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We, we often speak about ESCOM uh, on your segment, but not today. Well, we have a budget uh, coming up and uh, even reports over the weekend saying that uh, Tito has a problem uh, on his hands this year because... It's one thing to say what's going to happen in the budget, but quite another when it comes to actually spending the money. Exactly. Um, and, you know, we need to be honest and remember that over the past year, the revenues were decimated, right? The, the revenues, the tax revenues were in very, very terrible shape uh, because of what went on, business lockdowns. As a result, you know, um, we saw less taxes coming in. So that basically puts Mboen in a very, very difficult position. Here's what I bet on. It's that taxes are going to rise, right? <laughs> that I can bet on when it comes to South Africa's government and its finances. Taxes are going to rise because, uh, as I just mentioned, uh, revenues are very low. But also, uh, we remember that last year, uh, Mboweni said he wanted 40 billion rents over the next three or four years, right? And that he was going to lay out the detail of how he's going to get that 40 billion rent in the upcoming uh, budget address. So, I mean, from a taxes point of view, definitely it's going to rise. What we do know, what I, what I could bet on, though, is that when it comes to spending, which is what I believe needs to be cut, um, instead of, I believe that instead of raising taxes, cut spending, right? But that's not going to happen because of the nature of the politics around spending. For example, uh, we already know or we are already familiar with the public um, sector waste negotiations that have missed. There's a clash now between uh, government and and the unions um, that even went to court in December this past year, and unions lost. And right now we are being told that the negotiations will are beginning this month, right, where the unions and the ANC government are trying to find an agreement so that unions can can so that unions get their increases. So, I mean, there are politics involved when it comes to cutting spending. spending, And those politics are exactly the, the politics I'm talking about right now around, you know, unions and all that. So you can bet taxes are going to rise. I want spending to be cut. But, you know, the politics of SA suggest that the spending cuts aren't really going to take, aren't really going to take effect. I mean, the, the, what you're talking about with the unions is a huge issue because our public sector wage bill is very, very high. Uh, and uh, some of the initial estimates that I've seen in terms of about how Treasury is seeing crafting the budget, they're looking at one or two percent uh, increases 
uh, around the, the the public service bill, but but unions are likely to ask for inflation plus one or two percent, uh, which is how they normally ask it. So so that's going to be a tough ask for the government, and the government has not been so keen to actually head down the unions, uh, particularly in an election year like this year, where when they count on the unions for support in elections. Mm, that's true. I mean, you mentioned the elections. It's a very I see the elections as sort of. Um, if you have an if you have an election year like this, it's easy to kind of predict how how governments in charge at the time will behave when it comes to to spending. Um, in this instance, you remember that a few months ago, Kosatu said, "If you don't increase, if you if you don't give us the increases that we are looking for, uh, we are not going to vote for you in the next local election." Um, they were talking to the ANC, right? That's why they were telling the ANC. So. It's a tough balancing act um, that is quite that that in my view. Because remember, government has also uh, what government has, has done is to also make an offer a few months back where they said we will sort of give a once-off payment, right? Give a once-off payment to you, and then we settle the issue. Of which the unions uh, pushed back on that as well. So I mean, it's a it's a, and remember, I only speak about. Uh, the fact that when you say the unions, uh, I mean, the public wage bill is quite high. And one of the saddest things is that when you look at productivity levels, they don't correlate to productivity, right? So you have a very high wage, uh, we have very high wages, and you look at the levels of productivity, they are terrible in the public sector. So the whole thing doesn't make any sense. It doesn't balance, right? As a result, basically, our public sector employees are basically overpaid when you look at the levels of their of their productivity. So it's a, it's a tough state that is sadly um, mad in politics, as you just you just you just mentioned now around the issue of the election as well, and that basically to sort of give an idea that any spending cuts in an election year, spending cuts in an election year, that that would be difficult to you know to see. Now, another important, uh, how should I say, funnel for public money right at the moment has been SOEs. Uh, SAA is uh, being bailed out. We're worried about ESCOM, Danel, SABC has started retrenching. Where, where do you see the issues of SOEs going um, in, the next, in the next year? Well, remember that a few months ago we were told the ANC held its meeting. Um, I think it was one of the ANC meetings. And they came out and reported back to us that they want to start a pharmaceutical company. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> Given the state of where we are when it comes to SOEs, totally broke, consuming taxpayers' money, taxpayers money corruption, they want to add more um, state-owned enterprise. I mean, quite strange how these people think. Uh, we also, you've also heard at some point a few times about the state-owned bank, though there's never been, it's been an idea by some of the ANC leaders. It hasn't been sort of a formal, um, uh, sort of agreed upon thing by the ANC, as we know about the pharmaceutical company that they are proposing. So the, the idea of SOEs in South Africa, it seems to be taking shape and there is no sort of privatization sort of direction. Um, government wants to hold on on these institutions that are failing, and as a result, they will continue to consume more of 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 um, you know of tax of taxpayers' money and basically destabilizing the economy. 
as ESCOM right now is doing with these occasional, you know, persistent uh, blackouts that you and I are going through. So, I mean, the NC is it's a very ideological far left. It's gone sort of uh, very much to the left in the sense that it doesn't want to, to get rid of these institutions. They want to, you know, to hold on to them. And the future, in my view, of SO is, is just that the NC will continue to hold on um, with very, very minimal, almost no kind of, uh, you know, um, market reform. So if we have this problem uh, of um, lack of cutting of spending and, and uh, as you say, more, more taxation uh, and more tax, except higher taxes and less taxation, I mean, where do you see uh, the, the way that Treasury can start to work their way out of this? Sure, that's a very difficult question. I don't think this is a Treasury matter. I've, I've come to that conclusion that this, this is not a Treasury matter because I'll tell you this, Benji. When I listen to Treasury people, including, including Titombo Wen himself, he wrote another piece the other day about uh, on business day. We were saying, look, we can't continue trying to spend our way out of the mess we are in. You can't continue trying to spend more in order to get out of the economic mess we are in. So he knows that the issues, the fundamental issues, um, though, though of course I disagree with some of, but on a high level, the fundamental issues, uh, Boeing gets them and he knows what needs to be done, right? So my, my point is that I've had some sense at the treasury. There's some common sense coming out of the treasury, right? But then what comes out of the NC and the normal, you know, government, the big government, is totally something different, right? So I don't think this is a treasury kind of issue. It's a political issue, of which then it means then you need to get it right at the top from Sir Maposa himself as a friend of the NC and the friends of the country as well, that it needs to begin there. Treasury, even if Treasury does have some wishes or things it wishes, you know, to do or direction to take, it seems to me there are also... Um, you know, politics involved um, with the Tripartite Alliance and other affiliates as well. So, I mean, it's quite a it's quite a tough one for the Treasury in my in my view. We're talking to Pumlani Mojosi. He is uh, a uh, a a our uh, economic correspondent for the New Blue Review, talking to us about what we should be looking forward to in the year ahead. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back just after this. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. This is the new Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 Hi FM. I'm Benji Shulman. This is the new Blue Review. We're talking to Pumlani Majorzi today. He is a senior fellow at African Liberty, talking about uh, the economy and what we have looked to look forward to uh, in 2021. Uh, Pumlani, another big hit that we're going to be taking is obviously growth. Lots of businesses have closed down during this period, haven't been able to operate uh, properly. It's going to be a tough ask, really, until we can get uh, also not just around the, the virus, but just around the economics in general, uh, before we can start starting to change those numbers. The, the unemployment rate seems to have skyrocketed. We now have the ANC talking about a universal basic income grant that is what uh, Soror Raposa was uh, speaking about in his interview over the weekend. What's your What's your view on the universal basic income grant? What is it all about? And, and do you have any perspective on it? Excuse me. How are you going? Uh, look at this. We have a broke government, right? That doesn't have the money. 
because tax revenues are this bad, and we've also pursued bad public policy over the past decade or so. So we have no money, we are broke, right? And suddenly now, even the president a few weeks ago, in fact, it was a few months ago, and then a few weeks ago, we admitted that government has no money, right? Now, they are exploring the universal basic income grant, of which that will mean billions of friends in additional expenditure. They are, they've also been talking about, they've persisted on, the, persisted on the idea of the NHI, the National Health Insurance, which will cost billions again in terms of financing. The minister said a few weeks ago, I mean, sorry, a few months ago, Minister of Health, Zulim Kiza, that we are going ahead with the NHI, right? And even though there are no finances. So the whole thing, what, what happens in South Africa is that you have, the reality is that we have no money. Right. And our economic productivity is terrible. But politicians, they continue to promise things like, uh, you know, they are saying now they will explore this universal basic grant and, um, you know, they will see how they go ahead with it. And then, but how are we going to afford all these things? Right. So we have no capacity to, to provide all these things, yet they continue to, to promise to promise it. So for me, I just think it's just, um, it's just a destructive uh, path given our, the state of our um, of our finances, I don't think it's the right way to go, and I think it's one of those things that will further slow down the economy and and hurt the country. Uh, you are you are starting a very expensive program when your tax base is very very small, um, and has gotten worse now given what happened over the past year. So I don't think it's a it's a it's a it's a good idea. Now, one other thing which uh, I'm, I'm interested in is this free trade zone that is being declared across the whole of the continent of Africa. Uh, what do you make of this uh, particular piece of, of legislation? And, and uh, do you think that the continent will be able to, to benefit from it? Look, I'm a fan of the idea. I'm a fan of the, of the policy. I think it's a, it's a right policy. Of course, it depends. Then what do you mean by free trade Um we could differ on the specifics because, I mean, I do believe in the free flow of goods and services in between countries, but I don't think you can have human beings just, you know, free flowing in between from one country to another without any kind of border or security check or whatever, right? So um, I, I, the moment you go down that to that extent, then I, I will disagree with you. But the whole idea is good of the of the free flow of goods um, and, and services. Um, you know, it's, it's a good sort of start for, for Africa. But we also need to remember that, yes, we have at least, well, how many people we have in Africa? I think it's 1.2 billion people that we have, um, somewhere around that. And mostly they have a very sort of, um, our countries are very much poor, right? There is no production in Africa, in sub-Saharan Africa. There isn't, there isn't much productivity, economic productivity that's going on. So the benefits will be there, but they will be minimal, right, compared to if we're in a situation where almost all the countries or most countries were sort of producing good and, goods and services that are required, that are wanted by the world, and that, um, you know, uh, and that, that they could maintain their economies from, from that point of view. So if, if they had stronger economies, would have had sort of a bigger benefit. Um, it's a good idea. It's going to have minimal benefits. But I think as a start, it's quite good. Um, it's a nice way forward. 
Now, Pumrani, if people want to uh, read what you're writing, I know that you've been doing some other interviews all over the place. Where can I find some of your stuff? Well, I am on Twitter at Pumlan M. Machosi. That's my Twitter um, handle. I'm also on Facebook as well, Facebook page, uh, Pumlan M. Machosi. I also have a website where I post all the content after it's been published by various news out- out- outlets. So my website is pumlanimachosi.com. So that's where you can find all the articles I've written for since 2012, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and also, if you if you search for Pumlan, you'll find a fascinating article uh, about his uh, first job uh, as a garden as a gardener. Uh, if you if you go and look on Business Live, uh, Pumlani recently <laughs> did a very interesting interview, very different from uh, from what we normally talk to him about on the show, but fascinating nonetheless. So I would encourage you to go have uh, a look at uh, at that. And if you need a gardener, then you can also. Uh, just tweet you, Pumlani, and, and people will be able to get hold of you, right? Yeah, 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 of course. Just tweet me. I will come to do your garden. Though now my rate is very, very high, you see. So <laughs> we will try, charge very, very high, man. Pumlani, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. We'll chat you again soon. Thank you so much for the invitation. There we go, Pumlani Majosi. He is from Senior Fellow at African Liberty and uh, also he is an uh, economic uh, contributor here on our show, Apchai FM on the New Blue Review. And, uh, yeah, nice to chat him just to get a sense about what you can expect uh, in the budget and the economy this year. Uh, unfortunately, not so much good news. I would like to have brought you something more positive, but uh, at, least, at least we can be looking forward to some fair trade uh, and free trade type, type stuff. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.